Welcome back to the Ack Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the turtle of enormous girth, Jay. And do it as always is my co-host, the bear of enormous size, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Oh, pretty good. That's good, that's good, that's good. <laughs> How about you? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm going to pretend like we didn't just talk for 30 minutes before we started recording. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, keep it candid for the listeners so it feels like they're right here in the room with us. Jack. There's a word for that, but I can't remember. But Jack, you've just told them. Hmm? They're not going to remember. They're sheep. All right, cool. All right. Let's talk about Star Wars Visions, the Star Wars anthology series that just came out on Disney Plus this week. On, uh, you check. on Wednesday. This, this presents an, an interesting opportunity for us, as I am, of course, the preeminent Star Wars uh, scholar of, of our group here, of our, of our duo. Right, of course. But you are uh, the resident anime expert, and so this will be a, a, a true melding of the minds, I believe. <laughs> a true meaning of the minds, Absolutely. if there ever was one. You, you're familiar with all the animes, every one of them. Any listeners listening right now? Every single one. Doesn't know a piece of obscure anime trivia, you'd be wrong. Feel free to email him. If you name, if you name an anime, I've known it. If people he's, actually email us, you could email me. That's right. He's he's seen them all, read them all, read the animes and the animes books. He's, he's all about it. It's going to bother people. I know they're called mangas. Don't attack me. But you've seen them all. I, I doubt it's going to bother. I've seen every single one. There's not a single one you could name I haven't seen. Big fan of the Naruto's. What do you say? Dragon Balls. One Pieces. One Punch Men, the the, attacks the Titans on... that attack. That's right. And your absolute favorite, of course, uh, would you say the one you just hated? Dragon Slayer? No, Demon Slayer. Tokyo Ghoul. You love them all. Pokemon. You're a big fan of the Pokemon anime. Oh, good. Digimon. What Sailor anime? Moon. Hello Kitty. I was going to joke and say Sailor Moon. I was leaving that one for the end because I thought it was funniest. <laughs> it was the most funny. Funniest. Is Sailor Moon funny? Is Sailor uh, Moon a funny one to say because it's like. Bunch of weird anime girls? No, I don't. I don't know. Not really. I gotta be honest. You said like Avatar: The Last Airbender because that's oh, always contention. You could say anime. that. That'd be that's a solid anime. That's my favorite okay. anime by far. So when you said you hate Demon Slayer, so any Demon Slayer? Uh, also Demon Slayer. Yeah, that's one I said I didn't like. Say that they disagree. What do anime yeah. people think of the Pokemon anime? Is that contentious? I think oh. it's good. Oh, really? That's not really oh, contentious. Like I don't think anime. Well, it just stands alone. Well, it kind of stands alone. I've seen in like recent it's in the articles, not articles, I was just posted on Instagram about how recently like the ratings have gone down and like the recent runs of the show because it's been going on for like twenty years at this point. It's like, crazy or almost thirty actually, probably. But, yeah, I don't think people really have a big opinion. It's like a, it's kind of weird because it's kind of Pokemon's kind of like transcended that idea at this I mean, point. I feel like like if you like most people think of anime. Yeah, I feel like the anime is like the least of the Pokemon, you know, multimedia. Brand, so, yeah, the brand. That's the way to put it, right? Like, like the cards and the games have probably both surpassed it at this point. Far surpassed them. Oh yeah, that's like a media juggernaut. I think it's the highest selling. Yeah, like franchise period. Franchise of all time. Yeah, like by a wide margin. Hello Kitty's behind it, but not by much. Hello Kitty. Is it, they're they're good. They're a ways apart. Star Wars is Hello Kitty's too. too. It's crazy. Oh, no, you didn't know that. Uh, I look them up right you now. You see that Hello Kitty. This is way off topic, but I just saw a thing recently where they reiterated that thing that Hello Kitty is a is a not a cat but a girl. Are you familiar with this? Is um the Hello Kitty brand is vaguely. adamant that Hello Kitty is not a cat girl thing, but it's just a little like a human girl playing dress up, and it was 
they reiterated recently, or at least I saw an article recently, that her boyfriend is also not a cat boy thing, but also just another little girl playing dress up. People were mad because it's just a bizarre that's very, thing to say. That's very, very strange. Just bizarre and unnecessary, okay, so, right? Yeah, it seems like too many steps. Okay, so I've looked it up. The top five best-selling franchises of $50 billion plus are as follows. Pokemon, estimated $105 billion. Hello Kitty, 84.5. Winnie the Pooh, 80.3 billion. Mickey Mouse and Friends, 80.3. And then Star Wars at a measly 68.7. So really, it's like barely playing with the big boys. Like, there's a, almost like a good... Winnie the Pooh, eh? Man. Yeah. This must be different margins. Retail sales. Re- retail sales are most of that margin. So out of that 80 billion, 79.823 billion dollars is in retail alone. For Winnie the Pooh. Or Winnie the Pooh, yeah. Who's buying Winnie the Pooh merch? I mean, it's been out for since 1924. It's got like a, almost 100 years. I mean, Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure he's really pushing t-shirts back in 1930. <laughs> well, if anything... During the Great Depression. That's right. Ah, have this Winnie the Pooh t-shirt, you starving orphan. You, <laughs> you have a shilling for your for the shirt? Yeah. You come work in a factory, I'll give you a, a Winnie the Pooh... Pin on your factory. You've got tiny fing. You've got tiny fingers to reach in between the the fine mechanics of my human crusher machine. Unjam all the mechanisms, boy, and I'll pay you with three shillings for a day's wage. All right. I like how we immediately got off topic from our original Star Wars vision. Yes. Yeah, so how vision. how how successful this stands to be by merging the two great franchises of star wars and pokemon all right so overall together into one as the resident anime expert what did you think of star wars visions i thought i liked almost all of them like i think i only really didn't like two episodes you would wouldn't you you big you big anime nerd (laughs) i didn't like it okay 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 so as an anime fan did you feel that it did the anime part well was it a good anime? Yeah, I think it was very. Has a lot of over the, a lot of. They got a range of studios. Who I'm not familiar with all the studios. A couple of them I know, like Trigger, which I think did the Duel, episode seven. I believe that was their episode. I'll actually check as I speak. I got it. Um, but I think all of. Okay, so which one was Trigger? Well, in any case, what I'm just trying to get it is that each of them had their own kind of unique style in art and like. How they did action and how they told their story, which I appreciated. It kept it fresh. Like it wasn't all the stereotypical, you know, big eyes, bright colors, exaggerated expressions. Uh, there was a lot, some variety in how they uh, did things. I would say the closest ones to like just like if you think of anime, the ones that were probably closest were probably the one with the rabbit girl because it was just a random anthropomorphic animal person. Sure. And that's also very the Star nine Jedi, isn't it? That is also very Star Wars. That's true. Like, if anything, I Star wonder. Wars I was like, is she she of the same rabbit species we've seen before in Star Wars, or a different rabbit species? I couldn't quite tell. Probably it's the same. I wouldn't see why I, it wouldn't be. I can't find any. I don't know why it doesn't say on Wikipedia here. I don't know who, which studio is responsible for which here. Maybe okay. it says at the beginning of each episode. Maybe it's because it, oh no, I'm on. The, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm at the page for the book oh god <laughs> see so that's something to mention oh, that one in particular the the duel is getting a novel 
uh, sort of continuation called Star Wars Visions Ronin. Pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can find it. I'm not done looking, though. I can't tell who made all that. It's got all the names. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is the studio. Okay, that's my bad. My bad. Sorry, listeners. So the duo was made by Kamikaze du- Doga. Duga? I don't know what how you say that. That was not. Which uh, one did you think made them? You said Studio Trigger. Oh, okay. I, I Trigger. Trigger did the twins. That's right. No, yeah. that I, I remember that one point out because it, it very much is in their style that I recognize. Oh no, Trigger did the. No, I was right. Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong one. I'm they thinking of the Elder. Know. Yeah, a lot. Of yeah, them. the Elder did. That's the one I was thinking of. Right. A few of them okay. I I conflated the two in my head. Yeah. So I just. So, so I was. I thought right. Uh, I thought as a Star Warsman, I also enjoyed a lot of them. And I don't know, maybe this is just me being a big dumb nerd, and we'll, we'll get into this more specifically, but not going to lie, I could not help but in some of them be a little bit taken aback by, like, how fast and loose they're playing with sort of canon. Which, again, maybe it's a real dumb nerd mm-hmm. to say, instead of just enjoying it. I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it, but it definitely, you know, I'm not going to lie and say, like, I totally didn't take note. And I would say probably for that reason, again, for better or worse, some of the ones I enjoyed the most ended up also being the ones that sort of fit best in canon. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes into like a concept that Star Wars fans have been juggling with for a while, is that since the Disney merger, right, they've really gone out of their way to have one consistent canon. Um, and so there's been a, a couple things that have been produced since then that have not fit into the canon, right? Right. And not just like continuity errors, but like, Almost everything has been like, yeah, this is part of the same continuity. And then they've put out a couple things that are just kind of just a little weird. Like they did for a comic anniversary thing, they did like an issue of the comic that instead of continuing with the the current run, it like went back and continued the old Marvel comics from like the 70s for Star Wars. And mm-hmm. then like the other big ones have been like the Lego stuff. So like I don't know if you saw it, but the Lego Christmas special they did last year. They had this series called the Lego Freemaker Adventures. Right. I know about the Lego specials. I knew they do they, they yeah. do those relatively frequently. There's the Lego. Yeah, there's a Halloween special this year, and so like those are a very kind of weird gray area when it comes to canon because they also seem to go out of their way to reference and tie back to other stuff. And since then, some of the stuff that appeared in like say the Freemaker Adventures have been canonized by other things, right? So if you say mm-hmm. like, uh the Freemaker Adventures is kind of shaky territory when it comes to canon. A lot of those characters have made the jump to other things that are definitively canon. And so it's like, well, maybe it was kind of there all along. So it's like this weird area. And a lot of people have been saying that a lot of the stuff in Visions here can kind of be treated the same way. Which is to say, like, the events probably happened, but potentially the way that they were pictured in the show is kind of up for interpretation sort of thing. Which is kind of like a, a, it applies to a lot of the books and stuff too. Which is kind of this idea of like, you know, a lot of this stuff is legends. And so it's about like, you know, these are stories that have been passed around and like changed and shifted and, and things have, details have been added or removed and stuff. And, and they kind of get larger than life after a while. So like, it kind of fits in with the idea of, you know, anime obviously, which is a lot of like, over the top, yeah, yes. over the top action and stuff. So. So let's say, what did you think is maybe your absolute favorite, or a couple of your favorites? I would say my, I'd say my favorite, I think would probably be the nine, the ninth Jedi. That was probably my favorite, and mostly because, well, not mostly because, one of the reasons is because I knew I could make you mad, 
because this one kind of makes it seem like there are, in a sense, gray Jedi. Because when that girl turns on the lightsaber, it's gray. It's gray. And so she's colorless. It's like clear. It's. I mean, it's it, it's a gray outline though. That's good enough for me. Animation. No, I will. I actually also very much enjoyed the Ninth Jedi, even though it goes against what I just said about Sicknick Cannon. Because, and I will say, a lot of these do this, or almost literally every single one of them, right? Because it's like anime, and obviously you're gonna want to do Jedi, right? You know, I think they, they literally all have Jedi of some some description, right? Because Jedi are sort of yeah, like some anime, anime-like figures already without almost any modification. You want to have light. Everyone was going to want to put lightsabers, obviously. Mm-hmm. A lot of these stories kind of play fast and loose with what being a Jedi or a Sith is. Which yeah. is and maybe this is just me being a big nerd. I will totally uh, concede that. But and I think we've even talked about this before. Being a Jedi and a Sith isn't just being a dark or light side force user. Um, and so, like... I guess, if anything, I just wish some of these didn't emphasize so much the, those terms. Mm-hmm. Right. Because uh, even in, like, for example, even in the sequel trilogy, there's no Sith, really, other than Palpatine, I guess. Like, Kylo Ren is never, in that I can recall, explicitly referred to as a Sith, right? Like, it's not, you know, it's not so much as just being a bad guy. Like, the Sith and the Jedi are both, like, specific orders with their own, like... Rules and ways... And- which is why I, yeah. I've always said, yeah, like a great Jedi is a dumb thing to say because if you don't follow the Jedi teachings, you're not a Jedi. You're a gray force user, if you want to say that. But again, yeah. th- there's also, you know, just the I've complained that like that doesn't fit in like the lore and like themes of Star Wars. This idea of being a gray force user that dabbles in both. That's just not like cool either. But that's that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. What I thought was interesting about this is this, the lightsabers, the way it worked in that episode, uh, mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of how we, we've talked off pot about Stormlight, how when that one guy, his lightsaber turned purple and the guy was like, hey, I know there's still good in you. And I was like, oh, I know that because purple is the mixture of both. And it made me think yeah. like, oh, how in Stormlight, when you get a power up just by like saying your character arc for the book. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, this is my character arc. And now I'm stronger for the next book. Yeah. So I like, thought I that just, was fun. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I also I liked the lightsaber stuff in that, even though it's not lore accurate. Because it it had good moments like that. Like, one, all the, uh, all the Sith turning on their lightsabers and then they were suddenly red. Like, that was a fun moment, even though, again, yeah. that works. And, yeah, the guy, you suddenly realize, oh, his lightsaber's not red anymore, it's purple, what does that mean? So, that was cool, I will say. Oh, and the moment of when she's in the fight, and Kara's lightsaber turns, it gets colored, it turns green. You're like, oh, that's yeah. cool. Like, those were all very fun moments, so I was kind of willing to look past that. But, again, it's it's very weird, like, what makes the, any of these people Jedi? Um, again, I guess it's just, like, for the layman, as a Star Wars fan, and, like, just Jedi, just... I guess they don't even necessarily consider Jedi to be that that rigid of a thing. It's just kind of like, well, yeah, if you're a good guy with the lightsaber, you're a Jedi. So, like, I kind of get it. But, yeah, that one to me is a little odd. I will say what I really liked about that episode was that it was massively far removed from anything we've ever seen in Star Wars. I think just timeline. Yeah, it seems like it's very far in the future. Yeah, like very far in the future of even obviously like the sequel trilogy. It seems like. That's what it seemed at least. It says many generations or something after the Jedi are gone. So, like, 
you know, again, it's the canonicity of any of these episodes or whatever, so it's not probably worth reading into too, too much. But I guess the idea would be essentially even after, like, Rey's Jedi Order and everything has come and gone, and it's been, yeah, like, centuries without any Jedi in the galaxy. So it's kind of a fun concept, bringing them all together like that. I really liked that episode, too, because, like, the... um... The what do they call him? The magistrate or whatever they called the the guy in the temple. He just kills all those Sith like brutally. Yeah, he's just cutting them in half and setting the one guy on fire. And I'm like, and he already like gets the one guy to the chest. I'm like, he's like giving these guys the business, and I'm I'm all here for it. Yeah, he was very good. Now, now one thing I think is interesting is that when you mentioned that how they kind of play fast and loose with the canon about like what's a Jedi and what's a Sith, mm-hmm. I feel like the episode seven of the duel actually like kind of follows the canon more from what you've said because I remember that whoever the Ron, the I don't think they give him a name but the master of that the master Jedi who fights the like old elder guy with the short sabers and like the lightning technique actually well that the old guy says the elders like hey I'm not I'm not really a Sith like I they were losers I didn't care I just do the dark side and the master was like yeah he's not he wasn't really a Sith, but he could use their technique. So it's, I don't know what he was. It's very interesting. So I think, just go along with that, that one played a little bit closer, I felt like, no, out of all one. of them, I think. That would fall in line with what you were saying about no. that one could probably fit the most into canon. For sure. Yeah, that is that is one of the ones I was thinking of when I said it before, because that was also one of my favorite ones. Um, and that is one that, from what I can tell, would, yeah, could just entirely fit in canon, I think, pretty much. Because it, yeah, because it doesn't really like make Grand Proclamation. Because it, first of all, it takes place in the like Old Republic era, like centuries before the movies. It seems mm. so. Like it's obviously totally fine that there's two Jedi rolling around because that's what they did. Um, and then yeah, the guy they fight literally says he's not a Sith, and they also at the end they're like, yeah, don't really know what he was, but like, there definitely is dark side, yeah, dark dark side siders or whatever you call them that were out there at that time potentially and yeah he could have been a sith that left their specific thing and because they even say that right he's like well he might not have been a sith like and he well no he says he wasn't a sith right he tells the padawan he's like yeah they the sith were all they waste too much time trying to one-up each other which is like a lore accurate thing about the sith Mm -hmm. like he either you know was once a sith or never was or whatever but like that all totally fits so yeah i really enjoyed that one myself I like the duel in that one. I like the master as a character. He was like your your classic, just good Jedi master. He had a lot of sweet yeah. wisdom. He reminded me a lot of Qui Gon. He was just real solid at that. Yeah, he really did. He had he's like, yeah, don't, don't don't get too crazy now, man. Just take it slow, and we'll we'll get there. When he has that, like, and I, I'm real glad his Padawan didn't get killed because I was real nervous. Yeah. They were gonna do the like hothead Padawan and the and the like humble calm master. I was like. Oh, they did not just kill this guy. That sucks. But then he wasn't dead, and I was like, okay, yeah, good. I think that was bad. I was really hoping he wouldn't be. He lost because yeah. he was like hot-headed and rushed in, but he didn't die, die, which is good. Yeah, I agree. And his yeah, his wisdom at the end there was like, nah, I didn't really beat him, beat him. He was they really only beat him because he was so old. Like if he was younger, I probably would have lost. And he's like, I'm I myself am getting older and getting weaker, but you're getting stronger. And it was like, a, I don't know. He just had a lot of cool wisdom, like I said. Yeah. Uh, what's that guy's name? Tajin is his name. His Padawan's name was Dan. Um, yeah, that was strange. Yeah, some really cool. some of these guys are just like weird normal names. In the ninth Jedi, he's like, I'm Ethan, a Ethan. Jedi. And I was like, Ethan? Why the hell do they call him Ethan? They, they could pick any name and they chose Ethan? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what a oh, terrible Star Wars name. That one I do think was a uh, a solid, uh, probably in the top, one of the top ones for me. And again, I also really like The Ninth Jedi, even though it really kind of out there. To me, that was fine because it was so far removed from the main timeline of like, hey, maybe in a thousand years or something, the Jedi are just something totally different. And that's cool. I don't know. I really actually enjoyed that one. I I, I was like, oh, I, I do kind of want to see where this is going. Like, if that was a plot, at first, I think in the beginning, I was kind of like, ah, oh, this isn't right. This isn't what Jedi do. Like, why is there a, one guy who makes all their lightsabers? They're supposed to make their own lightsabers, like stuff like that. By the end, I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. This is different. And I think that's cool because I've said for a long time that, like, that's something Star Wars, I think, needs to start getting better at is expanding a little bit beyond the the Skywalker saga sort of timeline because 90% of, if not more, of everything that we've gotten so far in Star Wars um, takes place between the confines of Episode 1 and Episode 9 chronologically, right? Yeah, we did like talk about that, how that rubs up a lot, how yeah. all these things seem to happen yeah. in such a short amount of time relatively. So, like, at some point, if you just keep stuffing stories in there, the stories are just all going to be overlapping. And it's like, you know, we could do new stuff. And I'm not going to lie. I myself am somewhat hesitant of it. Like, I, I feel like I'm, you know, it's one of those things where I, <laughs> nothing could make me happy because I'm like, oh, we should do different stuff. But then sometimes I worry. I'm like, if they get too far from it, is it going to feel like Star Wars, right? Like, on the one hand, you say, oh, man, like, why does everything have to have stormtroopers and TIE fighters in it? And then at the other hand, I think, man, if we got so far away, though, that there was no more stormtroopers or TIE fighters, would I be like, man, Where's the Stormtroopers and the TIE Fighters? But, like, that episode did something where it was way in the future. There was still, like, the Jedi and the Sith, which, again, I don't know if I totally agree with that. Like, I don't know why they had to be Sith. They could have just been anything else. But whatever. I think just for the simplicity of, like, name recognition and all, it's fine. But, like, they're Jedi, but they're doing things differently. And I think that's that's kind of fun. And, like, if you're going to do it, that's probably is how they should do it. Instead of just making it the Jedi Order exactly identical again, it's an order that does something kind of different. So I'd really like that one. For me, one of my favorite ones that we haven't talked about at all yet was The Village Bride. Um, you Oh, that one? Yeah, did, were you not a fan? I That was my least favorite. No, really? second least favorite, probably. Okay, like, there we go. And then, so that one I really liked. Once again, it's one that totally fits within canon, I think, to the best that I can see. It's clearly... Now, other than in a couple of these episodes talk um, or have, have this element to it, is a Jedi who survives... Or a 66, right? Right. That's always something, for me, something of like a... Uh... Sticking point? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, like, at some point, how many stories can we have about that before it, like... It's one of those things where uh, if you show too many Jedi surviving, it the, the Empire starts to seem like less of a threat, I guess, mm-hmm. is kind of the vibe of it. Is that if you, you know... And especially because there's not that many Jedi to begin with, like... And, I mean, there's a lot. There's like 10,000, but especially, you know, in the scale of a galaxy like Star Wars, it's not very many. So when you get into the level where we're having like dozens of Jedi survive, it's kind of like, eh, I don't know about all that. But um, if you can, if you look past that part, that one totally fits within canon and like just made a ton of sense to me. It was kind of a, it was a bit of a, sem- of a seven samurai, wasn't it? <laughs> so was the first one, actually. We, we have the long running joke that almost everything's. Pretty much just seven. Yeah, every story you've ever read is just seven samurai. I don't know. What did, what did you dislike about that one? I just felt that it was kind of slow and meandering. Didn't really have like a interesting plot. Like I just didn't. I don't know. It just. I, it felt like I was in the middle of a story that was much longer. Like I. F- 
I feel like there is a beginning and an end that I missed, and I just got the middle. Or no, I just got the end. Like there was like two. Like I'm on the third act of something, or I don't know. Like it just didn't. It felt incomplete. Like I like I was missing something. I don't know. I could kind of see some of that. Like a lot of them to me felt a little bit like that because they would leave off on something of a cliffhanger, like oh, I would like this to continue, but. So I, I kind of see what you mean. To me, like, it was just a solid story. Like, it, it was a self-contained little, like, planet. Like, everything was, you know, around the... The conflict all came from that planet, right? There was no empire or anything in that one. And it's just, like, bandits, which is still, like, a very Star Wars-y kind of thing. And they, they reprogrammed the droids. That's always a fun. Like, and that's, you know, that all fits into me. And then I really like the Jedi in that uh, episode. Um, I will say, I didn't love... Her weird, like, rocket boot things or whatever was going on there. Or her lights yeah, I thought that much. Because my thing was, like, sh- Jedi can just move quickly with the Force. They don't need weird, like, rocket shoes. Rocket boots, yeah. But other than that, I thought it was cool. I liked her little speech. Because th- th- that's one of the episodes that, actually, like, surprisingly enough, is one of the only ones that really kind of talks about the nature of the Force, really. Um, which, for better or worse, I think a lot of these episodes just kind of do the anime thing and just treat it like a superpower, right? Which is fine, yeah. especially for tiny, self-contained shorts like these were. I don't, it's not a big deal. But, like, it's one of the only ones that didn't have much action involving the Force, but had a lot of, like, reflection on the nature of it. Because clearly the people of that planet have a sort of faith, or whatever you'd call it, that is actually just the Force, right? But they don't really know it as that. Um, which, that's another right, yeah. recurring trope in Star Wars, is, like, a lot of different planets and a lot of different cultures have a different different like religions that they don't refer to as the force or whatever but ultimately it's all the same kind of thing yeah um so that was i thought that was cool like when she's talking about how like hey you're you're a dick uh the people of this planet they know what's up and she just says that thing about like you can't uh visit you can't divert like a river with a rock or something but you can flow with it and shit i don't know <laughs> it's, it's cool stuff I i enjoyed that one that's fair uh, I would say the that one was fine, but the one I actually just didn't like was the Tatooine Rhapsody, where they just do a song. I was like, this is not yeah. very interesting to me at all. I didn't hate that one by any means. Um, it, I, I guess it, if I had to say, it probably would be towards the bottom for me as well. But yeah, that one was like just a music thing, which was kind of weird. I mean, I suppose that's another one that fits relatively well within canon. If you're if you're worried about that, um, it's just kind of fun. I guess yeah, you're right though. It's not it's not super like interesting, is it? Yeah, it's not or like important. So mm. I will say, kind of take it or leave it kind of episode. We should probably start talking about some of this. The voice cast of some of these was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, they got su- afterwards. Yeah, who didn't stand out to me in the episodes necessarily. I don't know. Maybe right, be- I did say stuff about this too. I yeah, so Jay, Jordan Gore. Yeah, Jay, who's the main character of that Tatooine Rhapsody one, was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, and then the band members were Bobby Moynihan, Shelby Young, I don't know, but it says she's in stuff. Mark Thompson was Lan, who is, um, I know him for doing like 90% of the Star Wars audiobooks. He, he reads those, so that's kind of fun. Mm. And they had actual Tamir Morrison for Boba Fett, which is always great. Um, but I did I, notice that. I noticed they got Boba Fett back for that. Yeah, I... I feel like the the thing here, right, is that they're all doing their like anime voices, so to speak. Um, yeah, they, they definitely are. Well, we got her here. I'll just run down some of these other ones. Like the twins, the twins were played by Neil Patrick Harris and Alison Brie. Would have never guessed that. 
like once I know their names, looking back, I can kind of hear it. Like if I yeah. like listen, if I think about the episode, I can hear their voice. But upon initial listening, I didn't quite recognize it. Um, the ninth Jedi's got a lot of names, including um Simu Liu, who is Shang Chi. He played one of the. He was one of the Jedi, or mm-hmm. I guess one of the Sith, rather. Obviously, oh, this is a good one. In the Elder, the Jedi Master Tajin was David Harbor. Yeah, I did. Was that which I I remember I watched that episode and I saw that on Instagram while the casting. I was like, "That's him." I did not recognize his voice at all. Like I would not have, like, gun in my head, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that was him. And then in the last one, I did notice George Takei was in there, so that was fun. I didn't like that last one either. I will say the last one wasn't my favorite either. And the ninth one was just kind of strange. Yeah, I I sort of agree. Not a big fan of it. I I can't disagree. Um, at first I thought it was kind of interesting. That's one another one where I can't really tell. Okay, let's see. So the, according to Wikipedia, it says prior to the initial extinction of the Sith. Okay, so that one actually is fine. So that takes place well in the in the in the like the distant past of the Star Wars universe. Um, oh, the the duel. Akari. Akakiri. The last one. Oh, the last one. The last one. Okay. So that yeah. that actually, I mean, it makes sense. Like lore bias again. I'm sorry if I keep coming back to that. People find that annoying, but just being honest, that's, that's all right. I enjoy about Star Wars sometimes. I've said before, I'm a bit of a lore junkie, so. So, that one, I mean, it works at least, I guess. But yeah, it was kind of, that one had a bit of a grim ending, certainly. Was that he just goes to the dark side. According, like, I guess on the dark side. According now. to this, they formed a dyad. I don't know. I don't know if I would agree with that. There's nothing to suggest that in the episode, but. Okay. Speaking of that, the Lop and Ocho, which was the uh, one with the rabbit girl. Funny girl. That one also had kind of a grim ending, but I like that one. I will say, like, that is one, again, <laughs> bit of broke record, but it kind of makes sense lore-wise. Because when they were bringing out the lightsaber, I was worried. I was like, ah, are they just going to make her an insta-Jedi? Like, jeez. But the explanation they had, which is that they've passed down the lightsaber, not necessarily, like, you know, the Force or anything, like Force powers, but that they possess this lightsaber as, like, an ancestral, you know. I did think that was cool. Um, and obviously, at the end there, she clearly does have force powers but you know that's just kind of a coincidence um i guess we've mentioned the duel we didn't talk about it much at all though what did you what do you think of that one which one again the duel the very first one i really like that one that was the one i was most excited for coming into it because it really liked the animation style how it's kind of like an inky kind of woodblock aesthetic it definitely has and that one was really good yeah I, I definitely think it has the most distinct art of it of all of them i really liked when the all those like those garden they're like the protectors and it's all those like robots and other aliens defending the village and they i was supposed to say they killed the boss guy the trandoshan or trandoshan or is what they're called the lizard guys yeah 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 when, I, when they kill a trandoshan i was like oh he was cool i said they killed him i mean they kill most of the bounty hunters but i thought it was cool and he's all when he's also also a sith i was like all right that's cool he's hunting other sith or other dark side users and concealing their kaiba crystals but that was pretty cool and he gives them one so I just thought it was really cool. Like a very, very Ronin, old Japanese kind of yeah. movie so, thing. This we can, let's sort of pivot to something I want to talk about, which is some of the responses to Ronin, or, or rather Visions as a whole. One of the big things I've seen a lot of, like, discourse over, um, people, you know, basically arguing back and forth about it, is people whose, one of the major complaints about Visions is that it has too much sort of, like, Japanese anime stuff in it where to the point like of its detriment where it doesn't feel like Star Wars and 
so I had that going in. Like, I had read some of the stuff before I had seen it. And so going into it, I was like, all right, uh, let me buckle in. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be... I'm, I'm not going to lie here. To be totally honest, I was not super excited by the prospect of that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, like, the back and forth is people being like, hey, don't you know that Star Wars, like, was always inspired by anime? And... Or not anime as much, um, but just like Japanese. Miyazaki films and stuff. Yeah, like George Lucas has, that cites that as a major inspiration. So they're like, oh, don't you know that that's like always been an influence? And while that is true, I would have to argue that like if you take the Japan stuff out of like A New Hope, <laughs> you're left with like the overwhelming majority of A New Hope. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm not going to, I wouldn't deny that. Yeah, like the Japanese movies and culture and like the samurai as a concept and stuff have definitely influenced star Wars. Um, I just think that if you take away all that influence, you still have the greater part of star Wars left, I guess. Right. Right. So it was weird to me that people were like, Oh, how you argue again? This is all before I saw it though. And so going into it, the only one that I would even say like approaches that is the first one. Um, and other than that, I don't think any of them have too much of that going on personally, other than maybe like if you want to say people's names, but I, mm-hmm. it really didn't stand yeah. out to me. It didn't, it was not a big problem of mine again, other than the first one, but like as a one-off, like as an episode that really does lean into that, I think it's fun and interesting. I don't know. Again, you obviously take it with a grain of salt, like this probably not Canon, but I think it worked fine. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd have to say that none of that, I kind of figured that have anime stuff in it. And it, I mean, I think it was kind of toned down in most cases uh, from my perspective, from what I know of it. Yeah, as we said at the top, I mean. I'm the resident expert on it. So, I mean, I thought it was overall enjoyable. They only did one, uh, that technique line, yeah. which was uh, always good because that's a, that's a pretty big stereotype in like uh, battle anime where someone will do a move and they'll be like, oh, that technique and everybody will be all shocked. So it's probably good not to see that too often. I did like in the twins episode, when uh, the the male twin uh, says in a, to a galaxy far far away, and I was like, all right, that's kind of fun. I like they said that. Uh, that's just breathing space. I was like, oh, I guess they're breathing in space now, kind of yeah, randomly. Do that. Yeah, that is one that was kind of weird about the lore and stuff. Apparently, again, they don't really like go out of their way to show this. Oh, not necessarily that they have to, but apparently, so that one took place is meant to take place after the fall of most of the empire. So like that's like an imperial remnant trying to kind of eke their way back. How they gave them force powers is unclear, but that's fine. The dark side, they uh, made him in a lab yeah, or something. That was one of the ones that like I kind of expected more of, to be honest, out of this series, which was like over-the-top anime fighting, but in Star Wars. You know, with the whole like big magic lightsabers, and she had like eight lightsabers, and he can make his girl bait and stuff. I, I kind of expected to see more of that, like the over-the-top kind of action. You know, I, yeah, that was whatever for me. I will say about the dual one that the only things that really sad to me even like the them wearing samurai looking armor or stuff doesn't really bother me i don't know the only ones things that really stood out to me were they they literally call him a ronin which is interesting obviously because it's like why do they why does that word mean stuff to them and i guess if you want to like get real technical with it why do any english words mean what they mean i guess so like mm-hmm. it's not worth worrying about um and then this actually applies to a couple of them. I didn't love that the lightsabers looked like swords. Uh, personally, for me, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. But, like, to me, that kind of takes away part of what makes a lightsaber so good is that it's, like, omnidirectional. <laughs> if you yeah, actually I, did the shape I definitely, of the blade. 
Yeah, it only can really cut one. You can't cut with the flat side. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think can. some of them. Unless you can cut with the flat side, in which case, why did you make it look like that? <laughs> and so people are like, oh, lore-wise it works because of emitters and stuff. I get that. I, I would say that in Star Wars you could do that. And obviously the Darksaber is a lightsaber that looks like a sword blade. Just overall, though, I don't know why you would go out of your way to get that done, to be honest. Even the umbrella thing, people were like, yeah, if you look, they like went out of their way to, to add little the details of like what blade emitters and stuff look like and, and splitters and things. So it kind of works. And I, I get all that. I, I wouldn't disagree, but I still can't help but think it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I, I like I like just a standard lightsaber thing. That's one of the, my complaints about Rebels, actually, is that how they make the lightsabers so thin. They look so goofy. Yeah. Like it's so... It makes Darth, it makes Darth Vader a lot less threatening when he's like has like a like a fucking hair thin laser beam i'm like i guess literally that would be accurate it wouldn't be i guess a thin laser with a lot of power going through it like physically scientifically is more powerful than a large surface area with the same amount of power because it's concentrated mm-hmm. but it doesn't look cool it looks less cool yeah people were even bothered well, that was, that's his droid having a hat having like a what do you call those like a rice paper hat nah that was fun. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That felt very Star Wars. I, I like the hat. That didn't bother me at all. There's like all kind of droids and stars who be wearing helmets and stuff, like astromech droids even. So that to me is like, okay, I feel like you're just being a dick to complain about that. I I like the droid, the old droid, when she was in the nine Jedi, ninth Jedi, when she was like, "Hey, take me to this to the temple," yeah, and he's like, good. "I don't want. I'm on my break." It, it it triggered that thing I always think of, and I'm like, why do they why do they make the droids sentient? Why would you give them personalities? Why are they like weirdly second-class citizens sometimes? Star Wars. It's strange. It's so weird. The droids are all sentient. Like, pretty much entirely. And they torture them sometimes. And then in the Solo movie, the one droid is fighting for droid rights. I'm like, what? What are we doing here? I hated that for some reason, but I think it's fun. I don't know. I like like the droids. Again, it's just kind of a, you just gotta accept it as part of the lore that all of the droids in Star Wars are sentient, like 100%. Like, they know what's up. And feel pain. Yeah, and have, like, emotion. And, like, and you just, no one really ever worries about it. You can stop droids from becoming sentient um, if you routinely wipe them, but if you let them go, they just build, like, a real human, I guess, would. They just get enough memory and they just become people. Why don't you just make them not do that? Because it's more fun for everyone. I don't know. You get to feel like you're lording over a real being. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I mean, there's definitely some droids that seem to not really get much of that. There's definitely levels to it. Like battle droids. By, oh, no. But then again, battle droids can be pretty... They can be pretty uh, whiny and stuff. So, I don't know. I think yeah. it's more fun. If they were just robots, they'd just be like every other sci-fi thing. I guess that's true. I guess I guess Star Wars has, has that have that weird Star Wars twist. To it. I will say, in the in the duel there, I was kind of bothered by, and, and a couple of the other ones do this as well, like, they go out of their way to draw and sheathe the lightsaber like it's a samurai sword. I yeah, like, I noticed that as well. Like, whatever, this is weird. I don't know why you even risk that. You, you know what you'd do is you'd turn your lightsaber off and put it on your belt. I don't know why you're doing this thing where you're trying to sheathe a, a laser blade, but fine. It's dramatic. Well, and this is in the... um. In the on the cover for the Star Wars Ronin book, he's also got the the lightsaber sheath and all. And I was like, so before the show came out, I was like, I'd seen that. And I was like, I don't, I really don't know how I feel about them going out of their way to give him a lightsaber sheath. Like, okay, whatever. 
But at the end, when he uses the lightsaber sheath as a lightsaber itself, like that also can turn on. I was like, ah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. to me, totally redeemed it. I was like, so it's also just a second lightsaber or presumably you could use them in conjunction. And like that would, you know, give you a longer like sort of staff because that is like a known thing is you call they're called like lightsaber pikes is when it's got like a really long you know shaft to it and like a shorter blade so i was like that's actually pretty cool mm-hmm. I, I i enjoyed that twist on it yeah you got much else to say i think we, we touched on all of them at least once like i said i oh we didn't talk about the tob one or whatever i talk about that one. Oh yeah i like the toby one that was that was good oh actually that, that probably one towards the bottom for me oh really that was the, more middle of the pack for me it was just fine. You know, it's clearly very like Astro Boy kinda, right? Yeah. I think it's I think it's literally just Astro Boy because <laughs> he's a robot who was a boy who was turned into a robot to save him. Um, it's just so, the plot of Astro Boy. That's fine. I did like that he was a droid who became a Jedi. Um that to me is fun, because again, the droids are mostly alive. Like that's a thing from Canon. Not canon, I meant to say legends. Um where and this is like this is one of those stories that's kind of like a little side story that I don't even think in Legends was was part of the canon, but that little red droid that um, Uncle Loman almost buys before it explodes. He had a little comic story where it was revealed that he was a force sensitive Jedi droid, and uh, <laughs> he blew himself up on purpose because of destiny, because <laughs> he knew R two D two had to go with Luke. So he just killed himself. Yeah, for the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, rip the homie. He really took one for yeah. the team there. R five D four. So what a I, legend. I like the idea of a, and also I guess one of the Jedi or one of the ones that end up being Sith, the ninth Jedi, was it appeared to be a droid or at the very least a, I guess like a cyborg. I don't know what's going on with that. But see, I didn't hate that. But again, was, that one was yeah one of the more like, I guess light kind of silly ones of them. I did like mm-hmm. that they had him fight a guy with a lightsaber. Um, and it was during the Imperial era, and so they made the the accurate decision of making that guy an Inquisitor, um, which was fun. Yeah, they did give him some cool armor. That was that was nice. Because I was like, oh, what is he gonna have to fight Darth Vader, or like something that would be weird. But no, they just did an Inquisitor. I was like, ah, oh, no, that 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 works. Very cool. Very cool. And he beat him. I was like, he shouldn't beat him, but he will. And that's not the end of the world. But yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think overall, pretty good. Pretty good stuff. I have to agree. Well worth it. Well worth the watch. I'm not gonna lie. I'm. I was somewhat disappointed by the fact that they are all, are all shorts. I think up until like last week, right? You and I had both been assuming that it was gonna be like more long ep- episodes, like thirty yeah. plus a piece. Um. So that's a little. To, be, bit to be honest, we thought we'd get nine weeks out of this. Well, yeah. We also thought they were gonna be premiering yeah coming out weekly like all the other shows because i thought they were more full length um and i think some of these could absolutely have benefited from like it's you know seeing how much they got done in like 10 12 minutes some of these could have really benefited i think from even just being 20 you know 22 30 minutes long it would have been really sweet Uh, again some of the ones i like the most particular i would have liked to see obviously like lop and ocho or that one that one like ends on something of a cliffhanger right kind of a bit of a bad ending because she doesn't actually like get her sister back the village bride one i guess that one kind of wrapped up pretty well but they could have padded it out a little in places the ninth jedi for sure i was like oh we didn't get to see them save her dad like that would have been cool oh yeah um 
to have like a more complete Jedi order by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess again the duel is getting a uh, book. So if you want a sequel to that, just read the book. Tap tap me. I will read. never read that one. Didn't need a anymore. That, that was probably that was just. I fine. think it could have been shorter. <laughs> Cut uh, shorter, uh, I say. The Elder. That one also worked out. But again, I like seeing those characters. Like there was a couple of these where I was like, man, I hope. Maybe maybe it's uh, fruitless, but I'm hoping against hope that some of these characters are going to be actually brought back, and some more uh, further Star Wars stories would be fun. I know I saw something where I, don't, I think the, the overseer of this or someone on in Disney who like was part of this uh, yeah. was like asked if they're going to do a second season, and he goes, "Hey, if people like it, I mean, I'm sure we could find. I'm sure people will do it. I'm sure if I'm I'm sure the what did he say? The quote was like." If the demand is there, I'm sure those conversations can start and end very quickly. I think we can just get it going as fast as possible. Which, uh, yeah, I wonder, wonder if they will continue and if they'll just use the same studios or they'll have them continue the same stories or what they'll do. Yeah. If anything, if they do do like more, is it like a second series season or something? I don't know. Like maybe I, I wouldn't even hate if for some of these they they did go a little more out out there with it like say like the ninth jedi which is not totally like without can because again i do feel like i would be somewhat bothered if they departed so thoroughly that it barely is recognizable as star wars but like if anything i was kind of surprised by how closely a lot of these adhered to canon because they had hyped up so much beforehand that these weren't going to be canon they didn't have they you know that the uh whoever was told all the studios that they didn't have to adhere to the timeline and everything. So seeing how many of them did pretty much just fit within the timeline. Again, I enjoy it as a lore junkie, but I think there would have been more potential if they had been able to just kind of you know, just flex their, their creative muscles a little bit more and just come up with something a little more unique maybe for some of these. They go just go kind of wild with it. Just, yeah. Like to me, the, the twins in particular was like one of the least inspired ones of them because I'm just like, I don't know, it's just stormtroopers and Star Destroyers, I don't know, like and like Darth Vader esque armor on both of them. Yeah, to me, if they had crystals gone a little bit more out there in some direction or another, it could have been more fun. So that's about it. You got anything else you want to mention about Star Wars Visions? Uh, no, yeah, I think we really covered it. No, no, I think we covered it. Is this better or worse than most animes? As a collective, is it better than your favorite anime, Sailor Moon? Well, no, nothing can beat Sailor Moon. Of course. Well, I, uh, I'll say once and I'll say it again. Uh, Shining Moon is the greatest thing I've ever watched. Now, let's infuriate some anime fans by start naming all the animes that you think this is this was better than. <laughs> Make them good, though. Uh, Dragon Ball? Huh? Yeah? Definitely Mars, that. Attack, Attack on Titan. Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, definitely Cowboy uh, Bebop. Yeah. Definitely Ping Pong. Definitely Fomalkmus Brotherhood. I mean, that one's just Boom. trash. Am I right? Um, or like, am I right? Full Metal Alchemist Stinkerhood, am I right? <laughs> I'm more like full trash, man. <laughs> yeah. It's funny listening because that one is my favorite. <laughs> I love the manga. It's so good. If you haven't watched it, give it a watch. It's so good. JoJo yet. Like it's, it's, is it better than JoJo? Huh? Oh, hold on. Don't touch JoJo. I won't, I won't slander JoJo. Oh, not here, not ever. Fine. You can't make me. All right, guys. You heard it here. This Star Wars Vision show is better than every anime except JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Sailor Moon. And that's that's the truth. I mean, do you really need any others? That's all you really need. That's your, like, you only need one, too. That's right. One for the guys, one for the girls.
But anyway, that's Akatech out before we spiral into chaos. Yeah. Do it. Into episode seven of What If? What if Thor was an only child? Which is not what I expected to be Party Thor's episode, but I liked it nonetheless. Yeah. Thought it was good. This does feel like one where they had to, at least, you mean like title wise, right? I feel like they had to sort of yeah. reverse engineer a title out of the plot because it doesn't make a ton of sense, does it? Like that name. I don't really got to say. It's weird to me that they determined that not having Loki would create this end result. I don't really know. I, I guess I guess might be true because doesn't, doesn't he go to Jotunheim in the first movie because Loki tells him to? Isn't that a plot point? Like Loki tricks him into going there yeah. so he gets yeah. sent to Earth and then he can take over. So, what do you mean, like I was whole, not like, expecting Loki as as a frost giant to show up. Yeah. That was interesting. I do mean more like the the frost like or not the, like why would he be more like less responsible and more of like a partier because no Loki? Like that doesn't check out to me as much. I don't know. I don't know what the implication there is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, he was says, a part. The whole point of the first movie is that he is a partier. Yeah, exactly. That that was actually what I was gonna say. Is like. This is not that far off of what he was like in the first one when they had to teach him humility and all. So, like, to me, it's weird that the implication is that without Loki, he's even he's just even more kind of irresponsible and goofy. Um, but again, I, maybe we're just reading too much into it. <laughs> it's not really that important overall. The fact is, Thor's a partier, and uh, I don't know, I think it's pretty good overall. It's a pretty fun episode. Yeah, that's a great. I liked most of it. I liked my favorite part probably was uh, at the end when the watch is like, ah, another happy ending. And then Ultron shows up and he goes, wait a minute, what's going on? Huh? What's going on again? And it's just Ultron. And I was like, okay, we're crossing over like immediately, right. which I guess makes sense. But it, it makes me wonder, yeah, go ahead. we only have two episodes left. So what are we going to, huh. what, what are we going to do? What's, what's going to happen in two episodes? Well, are they going to be long episodes? Like what? It's a good question. What's the idea here. I wonder if the last two are going to, cause yeah, it does feel like some of the stuff we saw in that mid-season trailer about like having everyone cross over and, and all these characters meet up and whatnot. It does kind of give the vibe of like maybe more than an episode long, like you know maybe a double part at the end. So my thought is because they already showed Ultron in this one, maybe the next episode will be either all of or maybe even like half of the Ultron Black Widow kind of episode. And then even like the end of that episode next week might sort of dovetail into the everyone teaming up thing um but i don't know remains to be seen at the very least it's definitely i got to imagine right next week's episode is going to be the ultron one given that they literally put him in this week yeah literally just have him cross over yeah so anthem that's gonna be the next one which i wonder where they're gonna throw warlord gamora like where is she gonna show up that's that's i had that same thought there's a couple big ones that we know about that with only two episodes left doesn't seem like they can get full episodes right Again, yeah. whether maybe some, maybe even the Black Widow one won't be a whole episode. Maybe it'll just be a scene of, you know, her in the the Ultron kind of Age of Ultron universe, and then like she just gets kind of plucked out. Like you know, maybe it'll be a montage of that, right? Of like mm-hmm. all the characters coming together for the end. So it's like, all right, we get Captain Carter out of her timeline, and and it's a you know a combination of characters we've seen already in some of the episodes, and maybe just a couple of the characters that. We have not seen in their own episodes, like right, yeah, from Ultron kind of deal, or like the Warlord Gamora or whatnot. Because the other one that we know of that has of yet has nothing, and like the only thing that I've really seen about it at all is that freaking Lego set. 
is the Sakarian Iron Man. Yeah, that's strange. Maybe they maybe they won't do it. I don't know. Maybe it'll, it'll be, be like very, just, I mean, nah, I don't know cuz it's not unheard of for Lego pretty... sets to get stuff wrong from a perspective of like it's so early in production you, because the Lego sets need so much, you know, lead time to be developed and and manufactured and all so that they can release around the same time as the show. It has a similar like, you know, lead time to the show or movie or whatever it is, right? Like this is a, this is an observed thing. People know this like Sometimes Lego sets get stuff wrong, right? And then people get all whiny about them not being anchored to the movie or whatever. But so I suppose it's but it's possible that when they gave Lego source material to base sets off of for what if, it could have been so far back that like that's an episode that they were working on and has since been entirely cut, maybe. Perhaps or I don't know. They could also be doing that thing that people have been um, literally spreading rumors about since the first um, Disney Plus show, which is a secret final episode. I was I was gonna say that too. I was gonna get finally get the Wandavision secret tenth that everybody wanted, but we actually got it. In what if all along? Yeah, maybe that's. I mean, maybe maybe we'll get eight nine episodes of like the solo stuff, and then they'll reveal that the tenth episode is. It's like a forty minute episode. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, cool. There's plenty well, to talk I about. Don't know if I'd hang my head on that one. Um, but yeah, definitely. You know what? Fuck it, I'll do it. I'll place all my chips on it. I'm betting right. the whole house on it. We're in this together. I will, I will commit ritualistic suicide if there's not a seppuku. So I will do a uh, uh, Star Visions Pokemon anime style seppuku. <laughs> so to Thor specifically here, the Thor episode. I feel like it felt very different from a lot of the other episodes we've gotten so far. In that, like a lot of those, to me at least felt like they were trying to do their best to emulate MCU Marvel movies, right? Like, yeah. In tone, in action, in, like, again, a lot of them seem to be pretty adherent to, like, lore and, and, and trying to, like, hey, let's really give it a good shot of, like, if, you know, these this scenario happened, what it would look like in the MCU. And, like, obviously there's a thing of, uh, you know, being animated and being short. There's, you know, there is some sort of liberties taken. But overall, right. I feel like they were doing their best to replicate the tone and the feel of an MCU movie in a 30-minute animated form, right? Whereas this episode, I feel like, did kind of the opposite, and they leaned more into the cartoon kind of side of it, because it kind of felt, in a lot of ways, just like a episode of a cartoon, right? Like, it was a lot... Again, it was a yeah, lot... Definitely. Sort of like a lighter, like, looser tone. It's kind of the most sort of, like, funny kind of com- comedic heavy one so far <clears throat> and it literally in a lot of places like i feel like it leaned on different tropes and, and stuff that felt like it was a cartoon i don't know which i kind of enjoyed that was fun <clears throat> i definitely, definitely would agree with that sentiment a lot of different things i like they had captain marvel in it like that they brought her in and they kind of had a fight or like because Captain Marvel was, I thought that was they brought her in, which I like. I thought it was kind of funny how all the countries when they're when they're flying women just were labeled with a big just letters mean. of their like name, that, right? it's like France. Like they can yeah, they can see letters from the space. The fact that they were punching each yeah. other across continents, like something like that I was like, all right, this is this is pretty like goofy almost, right? Obviously, the whole mm-hmm. plot of like cleaning up the party before the mom gets home—that's like a pretty common sort of trope like a set off, right? Having like the and be like, oh, we were just studying the whole yeah, time. Exactly. It, it looks like it's getting right down the wire, and there's not going to be time. And then they get home, and yeah, they're all studying, and he he's he's pulled it off, 
and then there's like the one thing that gives them away you know yeah the one there's thing the that one, might give them away but it, it slips by them there's the one solo cup it's like huh that's weird why is this plate where's yeah yeah it was like where'd this plate come from and they're like uh oh uh, uh, you know i must have yeah, left it out exactly you and then and then they and then everybody claps because the exactly. sitcom ends so like i thought that was kind of fun by the end because at first i was like i don't know this episode's kind of weird like and goofy like but then by the end i was like oh no that, that's on purpose like they're you know the fact that they were very clearly leaning into it and again they literally did the trope of like we'll clean up before my mom gets home she can't know we having a party it, <laughs> and then again yeah they yeah. arrive home and say like, mother it's just my study group we're studying <laughs> we're studying the very fun as we know, um, knowledge is magic. <laughs> yeah, I like when he's like, "My mother, hark! My mother approaches," and they're like, "Frigga, yeah. no!" Exactly. And they just scramble around. They're all scared to throw his mom. Um, I will say, like, interesting enough, even though at first glance it feels kind of like a smaller scale episode because it's just got Thor again. You know, it's kind of like one of the or the, other than Captain Marvel, like, and it's another one that takes place during Phase One of the MCU, right? So it's it's when the MCU was a bit smaller in scope. At the same time, it actually, in reality, had, like, a absolute ton of characters because it just introduced pretty much every, like, species and named character from the Marvel, like, the cosmic side of the MCU oh, yeah. so far, right? Except for Star-Lord. Yeah, Peter Quill in particular was not there. I, I did actually kind of think that myself. Like, they could have gone the extra step and had them all. But they did have, obviously, Nebula and Yondu. Even Mantis was there, Drax. And then, again, just a bunch of, like, the aliens. So, like, scrolls and uh, whatever Korg is. And Korg. Korg the grand, the Grandmaster. Yeah. So, like, I thought that was very fun. That they just went out of their way. They're like, who is all of the, like, aliens that would go to Thor's party? And they just got them yeah. all. It's got literally all of them. And Howard the Duck. Good stuff. Yeah, Howard the Duck was great. He, he marries Darcy in Vegas. Yeah. When, when they, I was talking to my buddy, when they went to get, it's like, let's get nachos. And she's like, "Well, this is not a date." I'm like, "Is she gonna, is she gonna, like, have a relationship with a duck?" And they got married. I was like, "She's gonna marry that duck." What the hell? And then he kind of shows up again. I thought that was good. It brought Howard the duck back for a little bit. I do know. I just made a comment about how like didn't have a ton of characters. I brought up the list here, and it's it has one of the most robust of the voice casts yet, as far as getting the actual. <laughs> so I actually got Jeffrey Wright returning. So Chris Hemsworth was actually Thor, right? Which I'm not gonna lie. In the beginning, there I was kind of like, is is that Chris Hemsworth or not? I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me, but like I said, I feel like sometimes these actual actors don't always. Maybe that's just me being a dick. I really don't know. But sometimes the fact that half of the time I'm like sitting here thinking, like, wait, was that the real actor or not? I don't know. Maybe I just got weird ears, but no, I, I definitely see what you mean. His voice is is kind of like it, it could be either or, real hit or miss. Yeah, even in the course of the episode, it kind of comes. Sometimes I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's totally Thor," and then sometimes I'm like, "Who, who is this guy?" <laughs> like, yeah, who, who, who are you, man? Where'd you come from? They got an actual Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, which pretty funny to me that we're at a point where now she's in a the dumb animated show when they couldn't get her. Yeah, for Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yeah, that, maybe because they Thor. were like, "Well, we got you for Thor four, so go to these lines." That she went from a place uh, of like a year ago, kind of hating the MC, or maybe not a year ago, but like a couple years ago, she was pretty negative, like, oh, not liking it and complaining that she had, you know, her character wasn't, you know, developed enough and stuff, to now she's so back on board that they got her to do the animated show. Maybe because I'm, maybe because they were like, hey, want to just be Thor? What if we just made well, you no. Thor? Would that make you feel better? And she was like, probably, probably yeah, I guess. 
she'd been complaining that and to her in her defense i mean i guess they're not wrong she wasn't much of a character in a lot of those in the in thor one or two in a lot of ways but yeah and they just kind of drop her in thor three and which is yeah it's, exactly. yeah, it's kind of like a it'd be a bit of a slap in the face i think as an actor if the if like you were a part of like a like a like a trilogy of movies like you were part of the first two and the third one, they dropped everything that had to do with your plot lines. And everyone is like, oh, this one's like the best one. This one's like an amazing movie. It's like a top Marvel movie. They didn't do any of that dumb shit you were part of. To be fair, though. So I'd be like, well, this sucks. I hate this. I don't know if that's a... Uh, I don't know if, what, like, what the chicken or the egg is there. Like, I don't know if they cut her out of that movie because she doesn't want to be in it. Or if, like, which way it went, particularly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, if she was like, I don't want to be in this. And so that's and like, oh, okay. Or if it was the other way around, but still, mm. uh, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree. Um, they got Tom Hiddleston, obviously as Loki, Kat Dennings was Darcy Lewis, Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, Jeff Goldblum was actually in there as the Grandmaster, which I didn't know until I just read this. So once again, he's I'm, only got like he's got like three lines. Because I was kind of like, ah, oh, they got a guy. To... Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's because it was so few, but I was like, oh, they got a guy to do a pretty good. Uh, a Jeff Goldblum impression, like, but I guess that was really him. Colby Smellers was Maria Hill. Clark Gregg was Phil Coulson. Frank Grillo as Brock Rumlow was fun. He's, that was another one where it's like it's fun to see them go out of their way for this this stuff because like they could have just had any generic Shield agent of any generic voice actor, but they actually got him, which was fun. Apparently, Taika Waititi was in it as Korg. I don't know if I even heard him say anything. I think he says like like I think he says a line when he like slams a Nick Fury and like puts oh, him in a coma. Oh yeah, he must. Oh, good call. Good call. Um, Karen Gillan was Nebula, Jamie Alexander was Sif, Seth Green, Howard the Duck, and then Captain Marvel, obviously, is a, is a different voice actress named Alexandra Daniels. Uh, but yeah, so this is a big, obviously a big, big bench of, uh, voice actors here. Your role of the actors coming Deep bench, as it were. Deep bench, sure. Which is fun. The real, the real fun one's gonna be in the, whatever the culmination episode ends up being, where, you know, you're gonna have all the voice actors together, which will be fun. Um... We'll say, talking about, I know we already kind of touched on it, but of the last two episodes here, do you think coming up, the Watcher is going to have to intervene? Uh, 100%. He's, I, he's think, gonna, I think he's going to be the one to bring to pull everybody together. That would make sense, right? That he's like, hey, all these guys we've seen, I'm going to go get them all. We're going to make a team. We're going to be the Multiverse Avengers or whatever. I totally agree. I'm not going to lie. I, I, don't know if I, saw, I don't know if I saw Ultron as being like the main threat to that come together. Um, I was kind of still, I was assuming it was going to be Strange Supreme, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess really Ultron with all the Infinity Stones is a, it's potentially more powerful than Strange Supreme, right? Um, although we do know he's coming back at some point regardless, so. Yeah. I guess it, the question is whether he's on the side of the heroes or the villains necessarily. Oh, I think he's in the heroes, remember? Because in the trailer he's next to Thor. He's chilling with Thor. Yeah, but I don't because like, I don't no, think because no, no. I don't because I because I don't think he's like evil because at the end of his little thing he's like oh I like, really fucked up now you, I guess you're right I, I kind of see what you mean so maybe but so yeah I think I think do think that is a fun twist of it well because the thing is like at the end of this episode here the watcher is surprised seemingly right he's, he's like oh by, which is the first time I think that's happened right surely. Other than maybe yeah. a minor thing, but like, yeah, the Watcher's whole thing is like, nah, I know it all. Screw you guys. I I can't intervene even if I wanted to, and I don't want to because y'all suck. Screw you, Doctor. Y'all are a lot of losers. Your yeah, I think sucks. I think he's but never been surprised because the, wasn't where he's like, I the only that's 
I was. I think I was going to mention what you were going to say. Where cause in the Doctor Strange episode, he goes, "This is wrong. I know it's wrong, but I can't yeah, stop, stop it. it." But in this one, he goes, "He's like, what the hell's going on? This isn't yeah. what. What's happening? Like, I'm yeah, shocked. Right. I don't know what's going on." He's like, "Even if I wanted to help, I wouldn't. Couldn't. <laughs> Screw you, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Couldn't. So it's kind of interesting. Then this one, he's like, "Wait a minute. This is like. It seems like this is something that's actually kind of wrong. Which is usually what it takes for the Watcher to step in. Right? It's not usually just oh." things are going bad it's kind of like we've talked we talked about with loki with like the tva clearly they weren't the tva wasn't just like hey we're trying to be the good guys and stop evil from prevailing no they have like a very specific thing in mind that they're protecting it's kind of, and it's kind of like the eternals right like there's a lot of this kind of going around of like these characters have specific goals it's not just be good guys and stop bad it's like pre- preserving a more like essential element concrete of mission yeah yeah for the watcher, he's he's not just like, well, this is a bad thing happening. I could stop it, but I can't. Like, it really takes something absolutely wrong with like the fabric of the universe. Right? Like I always talk about in sixteen oh two that I like so much. There, he's like, he steps in there because he's like, hey, I know enough to know that this is straight up wrong. This is happening a thousand years too early, or not a thousand. I don't know why I said that. Like four hundred years. Four hundred. This is wrong, and the universe is going to suffer for it because of some meddling that happened. I should, I need to set in not to save the heroes, but to set the universe right. Yeah, to set the natural flow yeah. of like things in the correct so path. So I think the fact that like Ultron has acquired all the Infinity Stones, I think you know we've never seen it, but I for one would be willing to suspend my disbelief that the Infinity Stones would allow someone to to jump through universes. I don't know, seems plausible enough to me. So like, see. The interesting thing is that I think because he has the Infinity Stones, I think they might tweak the rule of working in their home universe a little bit. Of course. Because if Ultron leave, leaves, his, leaves his universe, the, the stone shouldn't work. Like once he closes that portal and walks into Thor's universe, this stone, he should be weak. He should be like, he should be like Ultron, but like he, he can't beat him. Is that a rule that's ever been definitively laid down for the MCU? Yes. In what? Yeah, the comics. Ew. Oh, in the com. Oh uh, no, I'm saying in, in Loki. In Loki. In Loki, they mentioned it because he had in the TVA, which is why, which right. why I bring it up. Because in the TVA, they got all those stones, and and Loki's like, "Whoa, you got like all, you got like all these Infinity right. Stones," and they're like, "Well, there's paperweights," but I think they're like, "Well, th- those guys sit outside the universe," like we talked about. I think in the Loki episodes, um, we were talking about that. So I think I think they're hmm. tweaking the rules a little bit from the comics. Do you think, yeah, do you think those don't work? See, I don't even, I could be wrong, of course, but I, I feel like when I saw that, my, uh, the thing I kind of assumed, like, what I extrapolated from that was more so that, it's not that they couldn't work, it was just that, like, the TVA is kind of beyond that, almost. You know what I mean? Like, my yeah, thought was, I, like, that's what, that's, and that's kind of what, how I feel like it was played in the show, like, thematically for Loki, right? Was being like, hey, these guys are so powerful that they can just, throw a bunch of the infinity stones in a freaking you know, drawer and not worry about them. And it's kind of like a moment for him, right? Of like, oh, geez, this is bigger than I realized. Like, I really am not the big fish in the pond anymore. Yeah. You could be right, uh, though. A... It, it could be that they don't work. But then, then it gets really kind of trippy because the way that the endgame time travel works, technically speaking, is that it's, it's really jumping into different times and universes, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, going back in time creates branch timelines. So, if that were the case, right, then the 
Infinity Stones that they retrieve during Endgame shouldn't work when they bring them all back. In right, the, that's true. Where what they do? So that's a very good question, actually. I hadn't thought of that, but I don't, shit, maybe you're right. That really will. Uh, yeah. That remains to be seen, huh? I I think they might just do what you said. I think, I think they might instead of doing like a uh, like a specific timeline thing, it might be like a level of reality thing, mm-hmm. because like they'll be like the standard level with all the universe that exists in, and the TVA exists above that. So any being that exists above the t in the tva or above mm-hmm. perhaps like a galactic or something would be able to cancel out the stones because like well i exist above the power of the stones so these don't even matter to me so maybe they'll do something with that but i don't know well, actually no because then again thanos defeats galactus and all the like primordials with the gauntlet in the comic huh i, I guess yeah, it remains to be seen i really how they're going to handle it but it will be different at least i guess with the only thing we can say with any certainty because, yeah, that is a a definitive part of the comics, for sure, is that, because there's this, the one particular one I know of is, like, it's a Fantastic Four book where, like, all the multiple alternate universe versions of Reed Richards come together. Oh, the Council of Reeds. Yeah, the Council of Reeds. It's like the Council of Ricks. <laughs> and um, they all <laughs> possess, like, or not all, but, like, I think a lot of them possess different stones, right? Because in a lot I, of the I, main I thought it was that... That the the three who run it, there's like three Richards who run the council, and each of them have a gauntlet. A full gauntlet, you're right. I'm thinking of a different thing, sorry. I'm thinking of in the Illuminati comic, at one point, the Illuminati are like, hey, maybe we can just retrieve a bunch of the Infinity Gauntlet, or Infinity Stones, from different universes, I think. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Um, I think they do try that. The point is, at some point, somebody in the comics tries to do that. Because they're like, maybe instead of getting all the stones of our universe it would be easier to... Um, re- oh, because I think what Reed Richards tries to do is retrieve stones from a different universe to make a gauntlet to then destroy the stones of his universe so that they're gone and they don't have to worry about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't work because I think in the comics you just you can't destroy the stones with the stones. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, in the com- they, I, You know, I think they are destroying it because in the comics you can't destroy the stones because... Yeah. This because you'd basically have to destroy all of space to destroy like a stone or destroy like every soul because like because as long as yeah. like the thing that they embody exists yeah if anything that makes more sense than in the end game where he just does destroy them because like I get I guess it depends on what you consider them as because what does Wong say they are in Infinity War that they're like leftover remnants of like the Big Bang like concentrated ingots of power so yeah. I'll have to rewatch Infinity War for the eleventh time and get that scene down pat. Also, we should mention, um, so that we don't get a rude email, we do know that in the comics they're called Infinity Gems, uh, not Infinity Stones. I like stones better. I think Personally, stones. I like that they're called... And also the colors are like all weird and different. Like I think for yeah. some reason, like the colors that they chose for, for the certain, like, like space being blue and time being green, like just... To my monkey brain is my ape brain. I'm not gonna say monkey brain because that shit pisses me off. But that'll be another topic. Sorry, I distract myself. <laughs> like just whatever. To my ape brain, I'm like, oh yeah, no, space is blue because it's blue, and time is green because you know clocks are green, like, ah, and yeah. the mind is yellow because you know all our brains are yellow or something. I don't know. Just makes sense to me. So you're, you're saying you prefer the MCU colors versus the yes, the and the comics maybe because I know the MCU colors a little better, but 
yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like a, a preference bias. Like I've I saw it first, so I'm like, oh, this is how it should be. Everything else is weird and wrong and bad. I think if they had but planned, who knows? I'm not a psychiatrist. They would have just done the colors. Um, like I think they probably would have just done the colors right. But I think the problem is that in the MCU, in some cases, it was sort of they reverse engineered it. Right. Like, yeah. It's not. I mean, I feel like some people think, like, oh, they had a plan the whole time, but honestly. I mean, I think they had a vague plan, but I feel like it was about halfway through Phase 2 that they decided they were doing the Infinity Stones, and they were like, well, we don't have enough movies to actually introduce all of them, so we're going to have to go back and say that, like, a couple different things were Infinity Stones all along. Yeah, especially Loki's staff, because, like, Loki's that comes staff. out of nowhere. Cause, like Loki's staff and the Tesseract. Yeah, definitely, because Loki's staff is, like, blue, and then Ultron's like, actually, they had this stone they and didn't even know about. And I'm like, they take and it's just yellow. He, he, no, he... It's like it was like an M M&M, and M. Like, oh, the the peanut in the middle was actually yeah. an Infinity Stone all along. Because everyone's like, man, what? Yeah, I don't. Cause, yeah, I remember before Age of Ultron. There, it was like, yeah, because it would have been between like Guardians and Age of Ultron. It was like we had a pretty good idea of where almost all of them would come from, right? Um, I think the, I guess the only one that was really truly missing was Soul and like Time at that point. So people were like theorizing like which one was which and all and like people were like yeah I bet Loki's staff is one but I remember it was kind of a sticking point because it was like they have to be different colors right I mean come on but why is it how can the Tesseract be blue and the Loki's staff be blue and then, well yeah all it was that they broke Loki's staff and it was just yellow yellow on the inside a cool yellow inside the other thing is like the Avengers seems to imply that Loki's staff is powered by the Tesseract when in reality they're both they're Infinity both stones. And it kind of, again, I feel like at some point they had to kind of reverse engineer this because, like, it creates something of a plot. I mean, I don't want to say whole, but a bit of a contrivance where it's like, why did Thanos give Loki an Infinity Stone? To get another Infinity Stone. Yeah, because then he just ends up losing them both. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, hmm, well, I guess I'm down two stones. I went from having one and maybe getting another to not having either. Kind of like the, the Infinity War, or not the Infinity War, rather the Age of Ultron post credit scene where Thanos is like, fine, I'll do it myself. Which, like, feels out of place at the end of that movie. Um, unless my, I've had the theory that um, Ultron was also kind of, like, somehow or- orchestrated by Thanos. But, like, that's never really been confirmed within the MCU. Um, so, like, it's kind of like... The, the two things, I guess, really would be the Avengers and, like, Guardians, where he tried to have someone else retrieve a stone for him and fail, so that he decides to do it himself. I don't know. We're kind of getting a little off here, but... Yeah. Do you have anything to say about this episode of What If or upcoming? I think we covered it pretty thoroughly, right? I think we got pretty much everything. I'm just excited to see where it goes from here, I guess. Yep. So, I'm gonna let's take a take out of it. I'm going to do my other topic, because about the Nintendo Direct that came out this past Thursday mm-hmm. and it just talked about a lot of games that are coming out and I won't be honest it wasn't crazy interesting to me they announced things of note for me uh, would be the massive expansion DLC they're putting on Monster Hunter Rise called Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak or something which I'm very excited for I put about 60 hours into Monster Hunter Rise and I still haven't beaten it all so I'm going to go back in and try to beat it and get all the cool armor and weapons and stuff and make my dog have cool armor and my cat have cool armor it's going to be a great time head by all and most notably, the two things most notably, the first thing that made me upset was that they announced them adding uh, N64 and Sega Genesis games to the Nintendo Switch Online. So for those who aren't familiar, 
if you get Nintendo Switch Online, uh, you're able to access virtual console games. So you can access NES and SNES games, like a big variety of them. You can just play them on your Switch anytime, anywhere. You can like rewind them and save them. It's it's pretty good. And you just got to pay every every year or whatever. And people have been wondering, oh, when are they going to add 64 games? And like how far are they going to go? They're going to GameCube games and all that. Because, I mean, the Switch can run like... You could fit the entire N64 library on a Switch cartridge. Like that's just how, like how far those two powers of those systems are apart. And the Nintendo went, "Oh yeah, we're going to add those." But guess what, fuckheads? You're going to have to pay more money, which is a very big sticking point for me and a, yeah, a lot of the Nintendo fans. That you have to that Nintendo likes to squeeze every last dollar out of you in the last like five or six years. They've really started down that trend. But yeah, you'll have to pay. Like it'll be. Like, there'll be the base plan where you'll get, like, the SNES and NES games, but then you'll have to pay more to get the Genesis and N64 games. And what bothers me, the thing about me even more, is that there's a couple games that they that they tell you they're going to put on there. That being uh, Ocarina of Time, The Legend of Zelda, uh, Majora's Mask, and uh, Mario 64. Now, the first two bother me because it's the, the Zelda 35th anniversary, and they Really, which one? I just wanted them to put out the games like in a collection they did for Mario. They didn't do that, and then they also just put uh, Mario sixty four just on the thing. And I was like, if you were gonna do that, why would you? Why would you charge me sixty dollars for this game in the first place? And now, if whoever didn't buy the package because it was limited time has to get this and have to pay for it every year and not get to keep the game, like it's a lot of shady shit. Like I'm like, why don't you just release the games? Just give me the games. Let me buy a cartridge, man. Like what what's your what's your damage, bro? It just really bothers me. Like to no end. Yep. Amazingly enough, we've literally talked before we don't talk a ton about video games other than like Star Wars video games, but we have talked before where we've just ranted about Nintendo's shady practices. About Nintendo. I yeah, think that's it, literally how we phrased it in the episode description. It's fucking bullshit, dude. Like to me, and I think the reason that you and I in particular, and other people maybe get i think in particular so heated about the nintendo stuff is that uh, so many people still like just buy into their like i feel like they're they're like oh we're the family friendly kind of one like i feel like their marketing about it their their pr is is effective to where like yeah ever since ever since the wii they've really ever since the wii like exploded because they cornered mm-hmm. that like ah oh, everybody can be a gamer because up to that point, it was kind of niche, but it's like, oh, no, the Wii, you can buy your grandma Wii, and they can just play tennis and bowling. Yeah. Like, it's so easy. And they're like, now we got them by the fucking cojones. We can just do whatever we want, and these shills will give us all the money we could ever imagine. Exactly. So, like, I think the it's reason like, we get so bothered is because so many people, for some reason, are happy to just buy into, like, the, the Nintendo Kool-Aid of it. When, like, yeah, they... It's not even that they are particularly off, although they have some things that are just egregious. Like we'll mention every time the friggin' Joy Cons, and you just said, right? I had a, I want to, I was telling before we recorded, I was telling Zach, I had to buy a new one today. Like, I hadn't used my Switch in a while, and I go back to use it, and my one Joy Con is just sticking, or it'll just, just drift. And I'm like, yeah, now I gotta buy a whole new Joy Con. Like, come on, man, just I, make it right. Like, you know, it's a problem, and you're offering for free, but you won't spend, I don't even know how much money it would cost them barely anything in the long run to just make a thing that works it's crazy to me like, this thing is four this... years old and you can't make the controller work like come on like it isn't this is a problem that's been solved i've never like right like there's how many dozens of different 
game controllers have been made without this ex- specific problem. Like, it's it's very weird to me that, like, it's a Joy-Con thing. Now, I know that they're, like, small, and, like, that's got to be a factor, but still, it's like, I don't know. It's just, you'd think that this was something that we'd be capable of doing at this point, right? Is making functional joysticks? It's, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, the, the whole PR around it and, like, the fact that they have seem to have made zero efforts on, like, the manufacturing end. It must just be that there's enough people who are content to either, to either are they just know are not going to replace them or will buy new ones to replace or, them. I mean, they like, got me. I mean, I'm doing that because I want to play the games. Like, I want to play the games they have. Who, yeah, are not... Even though I think the thing is, like, they must know, obviously, at this point that it's a widespread problem, but they, they must have just done the math, like a lot of things, unfortunately, and they decided that to them it's just about profit. And they've done the math of, like, well... In the long run, it would be better to just offer free ones and just because we've, you know, determined X percentage of people are actually going to go through with the whole process, whereas X percent are just going to buy new ones. So it's actually worth our time in the long run. And and we would make more money by offering free replacements, but not actually fixing it. And and what gets me is that. I'm sorry, I'll let you go. You can go. You can finish. If you want to be really cynical about it, you could even be like, maybe they knew all along this was all the plan was that they would like be, what do they call it? Like phones and stuff like that. Uh, oh, uh, I know what you're talking about with the Apple phones, especially whatever. We're like, yeah, made, first obsolete. Yeah, they're made to essentially break. So maybe that was part of it all. Maybe all along they knew and they're like, hey, we're going to fucking put this out anyways. And. We know that they're just going to, every year, like, they are banking on the that, like, once a year, every fucking Switch owner has to replace a Switch. Like, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I have an Xbox One controller that I got with the Xbox One that I got on day one of, of those coming out, right? So it's been, like, seven years now. To be fair, I don't use it very much anymore. But for at least two or three years, it was the only Xbox controller I had for my Xbox One, and I used it thoroughly, right? I put god knows how much more into that than i have into my actual switch because i do not play my switch nearly as much and that thing still works fine like again there is kind of like some looseness to it and like the the joysticks are a little like kind of kind of wobbly and there's definitely wear but they function whereas like i'm right there with you i went to pick up my switch again recently because i was like i'll play some games on here and I think one of my Joy-Cons is, is getting drift again, which is crazy because I sent mine in last year. Like, it's been literally, I think, less than a year already since I sent them in to get fixed, and they are already doing it again. Like, it's clearly something fundamentally wrong with the the design of it. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and what gets me the most is that, like, I've sat and been, like, and, and like weighed the options in my head. I'm like, all right, should I just get a Pro Controller? Because realistically, at this point, like, I don't, like, now I have, like, a TV in my room, or, like, when I was at home for COVID, I'm like, well, I can just play my Switch on the TV at my house, so I'll just use it in TV mode. So, I got a Pro Controller, I could just play it on that, and the controller won't drift. But then I went, no, because that ru- that defeats the purpose of the Switch. Yeah, Like, the whole ball. point is that I can play it on the TV, and I can, or I can be like, you know what, I want to lay in my bed. I can pick it up, and I can play the exact same game on my bed with a little bit of a graphical downgrade, but... Uh, obsessively the same game mm-hmm. so i'm like so they just win like they've beaten me i've i've been beaten so i i i'm I holding off for that i'm just like i just will not i won't do it but like i'm like i, I could just get a pro controller and just make this easier 
I, for one, have resisted the urge to give in. Um, even though I want more controllers, just like as in, like it'd be nice because I only have the one pair of Joy-Cons. So just from like for playing games with people, like like party games, right? It would be nice to have four. And the times that mine have started adding up, I've been like, ah, oh, maybe I'll just buy new ones. But yeah, I don't know. I've just maintained of like, well, I'm not gonna do that because then these ones are just gonna break too. Like. Knowing that the thing is still faulty and they have seemed to have done nothing to correct that, I just can't bring myself to buy new ones. The only thing I've done is that I bought some like knockoff ones off Amazon for like half as much. Um, the first time yeah. my my stick started to, to go, but then once those also stopped working, <laughs> that's when I sent them in to get fixed. But now I'm I'm at a point again where it's about to be that I have no functional Joy Cons. I I have a, like a Pro controller, so. I can do that, but like you said, I've had the same thought where I'm like, so what's even the point of this then? Especially because yeah, why don't I just have why why isn't Go ahead. why isn't this like an Xbox? Ooh, yeah. Like why why is it then why does it do the switch thing? Literally. Why is it called the switch? Now this is gonna apply to me in particular more than other people. But like half or more of the not even literally probably ninety percent of the games I play on the Switch are third party games. I do not have hardly any like first like Nintendo games, right? And so mm-hmm. literally sometimes I'm like, man, why am I playing on this dumb Switch that doesn't work and Nintendo has all these shitty problems and when I could just liter- when I literally could just be playing these games on my TV on my Xbox which would be better in you know honest in all honesty like in almost every way cuz I'm play- I play like a lot yeah. of old like remake games and like I play like the Star Wars games that they've ported onto the Switch but almost all of those are available to Xbox so it's like I don't know, man. I understand I'm not, I'm probably not their Nintendo's main sort of target audience for that very reason is that I'm not playing a lot of like the Mario titles and stuff, but even still, it just, it's, it's whack, man. There's just no excuse for it. Really. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But I uh, was speaking of uh Star Wars stuff there. See, also Nintendo Direct, they announced that they're putting the old Nintendo Republic game on the Switch in November. So you could buy another copy of that if you wanted. I'm gonna have to probably, but I'm not really excited about it. Uh, you're oh you're excited. You're a Star Wars shell. Don't lie. And see this, Dying Light Two is gonna be on the Switch. They announced that cloud version. Is it? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, is it gonna be some? Oh, that definitely means you have to download it. You gotta download it. It's not like a cart. You can't buy it physically. The Word of Meaning prequel is also coming. Oh, it's a prequel. Wait. I think you get both. There's there's both of them. There's the prequel and then there's the actual game. Oh, what's it doing that? So by prequel, do they just mean the Dying Light, or is it some uh, kind yeah. of prequel for the game? What is that? What is that? Even? This says, "Choose sides and decide your destiny." When Dying Light Two Stay Human Cloud Version comes to Nintendo Switch, the award-winning prequel is also co- so it must just be like a tiny little like prequel demo game thing. I I was not aware of this, but that so that comes to there on October nineteenth, which is like less than a month. I don't know, man. I guess I'll have to get it. Like I said, that's like literally half or more of what I play on my Switch is the is the Star Wars ports of like 15 pinball and stuff Star Wars games yeah uh well the pinball game is like a actual like quote unquote uh Nintendo ex- or like Switch exclusive but then like I played like Jedi Knight uh Jedi Knight Jedi Academy that's why I, I played Republic Commando on there um which again these are all games that also have backwards compatible versions on Xbox and so like the only thing that would realistically make me play it on my Switch is the is the portability of it. And again, I I don't know if I finished my thought on this before, but yeah, to me the big thing is that 
The reason it's so frustrating as well is because people, for some reason, do not want to give hold Nintendo accountable when I feel like they are just just as bad, pretty much, as most video game companies, right? For whatever reason, I don't know why this is, but unfortunately, a lot of video game, a lot of companies, like publishers and developers in the industry, have a pretty bad reputation of being not great to their customers. I don't know why that is. I don't know why video games in particular breeds this, this like, environment, but unfortunately it does. And people, I think the, the thing that bothers me at least is that people want to act like, for whatever reason, that Nintendo is like the, you know, the one shining beacon of it all, right? Like, oh, yeah. EA and Activision and, and then they all... Ubisoft. Are, Ubisoft. They do all these bad things and we don't like them and they're toxic and they're... Don't pre-order games, blah, blah, blah. But then for some reason, none of that wants to apply to Nintendo, right? Nintendo, it's, oh, Breath of the Wild is literally, literally a perfect game. Oh my gosh, it's the greatest, it's the greatest game I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Oh, what's the new Mario? <laughs> Mario Odyssey. Uh, oh, Odyssey. God, it's amazing. It's the best game we've ever played. I mean, it's a really good game. I can't even front. I love Mario, that game. Man. I won't pretend I don't yeah. love like Mario Odyssey. So, like I just said, like those do not really appeal to me. And again, like, not, I don't want to be a dick about it. Like, because I feel like some people take it too far. Like, oh, Switch is for kids and all. And like, well, it kind of is. It's also fine if you're gonna enjoy a a, a first party Nintendo game. Again, they are like yeah. family friendly, which is to say that I feel like kids and everyone can enjoy them. They're just fine. Like they're, but yeah, yeah. The problem is that like because of that, I think they get to hide behind the facade of like we're Nintendo, we're nice. Look at us, we're a bunch of nice guys. You know, you know Mario. You like Mario from your childhood. You know that guy who worked here called Bowser. Is he good? Oh, Reggie. They call him Bowser. Doug Bowser works there now. Doug Bowser. No, no. Doug Bowser is the new head of Nintendo America. That's funny. Like his last name is literally Bowser. That's funny. Yeah. That's what they say to us. They, uh, they do a joke. Of, Don't you like that? His they, they do a little joke about it. Don't you like? Where Bowser's story? wearing a tie. Look at they're funny and nice on on the on the press things. See, look at they're cool. Yeah. They wear ties and but like with t-shirts maybe. Aren't they fun? Yeah. Aren't they fun? Why aren't you having fun? I specifically requested it. And like the other thing that Nintendo does is I think they're very bad about letting people like stream or play their games on YouTube and stuff. I think they get real antsy about they're, they're Yeah, they're, they get real antsy about that. Just two thumbs down for Nintendo. Again, it, it, there's something yeah. particularly sinister about them being all duplicitous about it. Like, we're fun, guys. We made the Wii. Remember the Wii? Like you said, your grandma has a Wii. We're great. No, we're nice, guys. We're not like EA. We <laughs> EA's big meanies. Oh, boo EA, am I right? But Mario. Yeah, sure, we almost went bankrupt because of the Wii U because we didn't know how to make another console. Oh. One thing. We got it. If you're going to. Don't. Oh, you're going to. I think you're not going to ruin my little thing. I was going to. That was the other thing I wanted to get into this. Our long. Was that the Mario movie was uh, talked about in the direct. I did you, see I've this. seen you heard about this. This is the only thing I saw out of the Nintendo direct. The cast on this is bonkers like pants on head bananas foster bonkers like just now, are you, now well, well, let's gonna, go. let me just say i have absolutely no like maybe not absolutely no i'll just say it i have just about zero nostalgia for mario i never i did have a uh a wii i will say but like by and large the first nintendo console that i owned in a big way was a switch and uh, even on the Wii and my Switch, like I said, I play a lot of third-party games, interestingly enough. 
So, like, I have no particular love in my heart for Mario or any of it. It really doesn't bother me. I would, I would say a lot of my nostalgia for video games is also not Mario. Uh-huh. Because I did have a, a Wii. But the only Mario game I owned was the Super Mario Bros. for the Wii. And I never got past, like, World 3. Like, I never beat that game. I, like, I never I never played Galaxy or Galaxy 2. Um, I think I had another Mario game. But I play, I play a lot of other games. The, the like... Like the platformer that I have a lot of nostalgia for is Crash Bandicoot, which is like a PlayStation game that I played at like my grandfather's house with my brother. Like I have a lot of nostalgia for like ironically enough PlayStation games, which I own, which now I play Xbox and Switch games. But I have a lot of nostalgia for that. But like I don't, I don't have a lot of ton of Mario nostalgia. Only recently I'm like, oh Nintendo. Only recently with the Switch, I got really into video games. Yeah, I had a Game Boy at one point. I did play the Game Boy. I never owned a DS. Like. Yeah, I know. I, I did on a DS. Oh, there you go. But I never played so, a lot of Mario games on it. I, I don't know. I'm just gonna say, like, this does not really like. I, I, I just don't care. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny to see how crazy people are reacting to it, but like, without looking at it through not the lens of nostalgia, do you think that this is a terrible cast? No, I don't think it's a, a terrible cast. The only one I think is weird, like the is probably Chris Chris Pratt as Mario is kind of like kind of weird to me but like it's kind of like a leading man role so i'm like yeah. well he's chris pat is a leading man so like it makes sense i just, i'm just a little like kind of weird that they they didn't just use charles martinet the guy who's voiced mario and luigi for like the last 30 years so i'm like why don't you just just use him but i guess he's kind of old so i'm like i guess if he's kind of old he can't maybe he didn't want to do a whole movie so, like who knows how these things worked out like he is gonna right. be he's gonna be in it like they're like oh yeah no we're gonna have this guy in it so maybe they were just like hey you're kind of getting up there do you want to do this? And I mean, who knows? We don't know a lot about well, it. Had, but like, by and large, like, I had the thought of because I, I thought it was fine. Like, Jack Black as Bowser, I think is great. I think that's hilarious, and I think that's pretty funny. Because I've seen a lot of people say essentially that, right? Of why didn't we just get all of the people from the games? And for me, at least, I'm like, well, okay, one, right? Those the people in the games don't talk, like, very much at all. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that the voice actors who do the grunts and... Well, not grunts. I don't know. What the hell does Mario do? Just like a... Let's go! Just like I don't know, exclamations. Exclamations. Yeah. It's like the guys from the... It's like from the Lego Star Wars games. It's just kind of like a bunch of... Ooh, and, uh, like, those guys don't use words. So, like, I think people should be just a little more, like... Maybe open to the, to the idea that, like, the voice actors who do those in the games are truly not the best choices for doing a actual narrative movie where everyone's talking you know what i mean like i think there is a chance i'm not going to say one with certainty but i feel like that's just something that people are automatically assuming you know like oh he's done it forever he'd be the best choice like maybe he really wouldn't be good at doing voices in a movie when he has to be saying lines and all that you know what i mean yeah, no, I see it. I hear you're saying. I, not, and I will say I can see it on both sides because certainly if Chris Pratt gets in there and he just does a pretty like unaltered voice, if he just sounds like he did in the Lego Movie or something, you'd be like, "Well, this doesn't sound like Mario at all, does it?" Like, there's yeah, probably a middle ground between that, and I think I've literally, in regards to uh, when we've been talking about what if, haven't I? I literally made a comment to this effect of like. This thing that they do in 
lot of animated movies basically since Aladdin, which is just get a bunch of A-list real actors to voice everyone in your in your animated cartoon. Uh, it's kind of dumb because they are not always great voice actors because those are different jobs. Yeah, it requires different skills. Like, literally, because literally, if you look back at, I think Aladdin really is like kind of the the big one. Although I don't know which what was Aladdin first, Aladdin or because even like obviously The Lion King and stuff, but it's definitely that era, like in the nineties, is when it really it's just every every like you know animated movie you can think of has some A list star essentially, just for I don't know like to get like. I don't know. Is it to get like parents to be like, well, I'll, I don't want to see this dumb kids movie with my kid, but it's got it's got Seth Rogen in it. That's pretty funny. I could smoke weed and it'll be it'd be cool. <laughs> like, is that it? I don't. I never uh, understood the logic. So I, I so I looked it up. Movie. So Aladdin came out two years before the original Lion King. So Aladdin yeah. came out in 1992. Lion King came out in 1994. I think Aladdin was a big one for like, hey, look at we got Robin Williams. Everyone loves Robin Williams, and I think it really had an effect on how well that movie did. At least that's what they perceived, I would assume. And since then, that's gonna because even not even just Disney, but like obviously this, which is I don't know who's making this Illumination or something. Yes, Illumination. Um, and obviously, like Dreamers and stuff. That's been the thing now. That's just the standard: is you just get some relatively famous actor to be all the every part. And that's clearly what they did here. Yeah. I don't know. People, for some reason, like, Anya Taylor-Joy got a big response for, like, the different reaction videos I saw. I don't know. That one, to me, seems fine. I think she's a good actress. Yeah. I, um, wait, Princess what is she? Peach. It's Princess it's Peach. She's a standard like, kind of princess. Yeah, like, I don't know. That worked to me. The roles, I've, a couple of the movies I've seen her in, she's been, like, a... She's, like, a princess. Well, she's not literally a princess, but she's in... A, like, a, like a regal kind of she's like a heir to her. Um, yeah. I thought uh, Charlie Day as Luigi is a great choice, as well as I Jack think, Black as Bowser. I, I think, agree. I think, yeah, again, those are two ones. Like Jack Black, another one was like one of the ones that people are most crazy about. I don't know. That one kind of works to me. Yeah, because I mean, I think I think Jack Black and Charlie Day kind of have that like in their work, kind of fit the Mario kind of goofiness, like the yeah. cartoony goofiness they kind of bring to it. Until I saw that clip from the Nintendo Direct that um, that Charlie Day was. Sorry, not true. <laughs> that Luigi was Mario's little brother. I guess it makes sense. Uh, I didn't know that. Much taller. I mean, I guess. If are, you, are, you, are you? Are you? Hold on a minute. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Are you trying to tell me you've done all the the basics of Mario lore? Like, um, well, I know that. Like, Mario's how could not you? Really a plumber. He's just a little girl pretending in make believe, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess like. <laughs> If you made That's me funny. You put a gun to my head and were like, which one's the older Mario brother? I guess I would say Mario because he's like the better one. Yeah, that's the idea. But, that's why that's why Luigi's player too. That's why the younger brother always plays Luigi because Luigi is the younger yeah. brother. But he's bigger. He's taller, Jack. The older person should be the the larger in size. So you'd say that, but I mean, from my experience, I mean, even in like a lot of, if there's two brothers... Of of a, a similar age, of within a couple of years of each other, the old the younger one tends to be a little like taller. Like my fr- I have a couple yeah. friends who have that. My own brother is very close to me in height, which is bo- which is troublesome. True. And when he listens back, he'll know. He'll probably text me about this. Don't text me about this, brother. When you hear this, I mean, 
Uh, you are younger than me and taller than me, so I guess the I guess the. But yeah, but we're not related. That doesn't mean anything. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Well, I just said the older individual has to always be larger in size. So, oh, I guess that's fair. I guess I've already dismantled that. I don't know. I also think the other thing, beyond what I said about like people kind of maybe need to come to terms with like, and I will say I don't think this is like a lot of genuine, uh, like, anger. Right. Negativity. I think mostly just people memeing because it's funny. But I will say, I feel like people probably got to come to terms with the idea that this mo- movie was never going to be for them. Like, you know, I'm looking at you, you know, adult man with a YouTube channel. This Mario cartoon was never probably going to be for you anyways. So, like, don't. Adult don't man worry. who wears glasses and uh, snapback in his uh, video game uh, videos. Yeah. I don't think, think Illumination, creators of Despicable Me, are going to make this for you. Yeah, I just wonder if they'll have the Minions make a cameo. And that'd be pretty good. The only that, thing I'm That'd saying, be funny. The only thing I, I have to say is that um, I think I hope they don't do the dumb thing of it's Mario, but in the real world. Um, because for some reason... Now, this kind of ties back to the thing that I've said countless times at this point on this podcast about adaptations of pretty much anything. is like, if you just do an exact adaptation, because this kind of ties into like the voice actors, people are like, oh, just get all the voice actors. Like, if you just get the voice actors and they just do the exact same thing and they use the same, you know, if the animation style essentially just replicates the style of the video games, it's like, what are we doing different at, at a certain point? Right? Yeah, what what's even the point of this? Sounds like in this applies to a lot of video game movies in particular. I think more so than like even book and comic adaptations of stuff because I don't know. Video games are, are very much a visual medium already, like medium wise, right? Like, you know, obviously there's something to be, there's some value gained from adapting a book to a movie, right? Right. Whereas adapting a video game to a movie is like, it's kind of a lateral move. Like it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a step below because in a video game, I can control what Mario does. Yeah. But like, it, like you know, I I can almost kind of decide to an extent. If we have the same the same sounds and the same like style and like, and this applies again just all video games. It's like if we bring over the same characters and like the same designs and the same soundtracks and all. It's like, what is the difference from me just playing? The, like I get all, and I, I I guess you could say like it's for people who don't play video games to still experience these stories. And I guess if you want to say that, that's fine. But like yeah, this is. I've, like I said, I said this before, I say this all the time. I kind of go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, it should be a little different, or it should be a little closer. It seems like no matter what they do, I'm always unhappy, because I'm just yeah. It's, I'm just miserable. It seems like you're a, a curmudgeon, a miserable yeah. curmudgeon. So, like, when they do uh, Sonic the video game, the movie, or whatever the hell it's called, and they do, whoa, it's Sonic in the real world! My first reaction would be like, that's dumb. Just do a movie about Sonic, living in Sonic world, where he fights Shadow or something. Yeah, see, I think a dumb, ridiculous lore already that you could totally just make a movie. It's so yeah. convoluted and silly. It's the comics are insane. Like yeah. it's he, be, yeah. is it in the? I know I wasn't. He I was gonna mention that. Yeah, he has to like he absorb. He uses the emerald so much. I know this from the comics. I watched some like weird lore video because you know why else wouldn't I doom scroll? And in it, there's some character who's like a mammoth or something, and he talks about how he's absorbed so much chaos energy that he is like a variable like he is you cannot account for him because he's like <laughs> literally the embodiment of chaos 
So like if you were to if you were to make like a plan, if Sonic is in that area where you're doing something, you cannot plan for him because like n- like nothing no like ideas of like math or statistics can account for that variable, like variable S or whatever, or H for hedgehog or whatever the fuck. So I'm like, that is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. It's like Renarin from Stormlight. But no. Because the Stormlight reference this episode. It, just chalk it up full. Yeah, it's right. Spell them all full. Huh? We'll say them all. Huh? To to your point, I'm gonna ignore the Stormlight because I hate you. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're gonna go that way based on the number of video game characters they have. Because it's like an all animation kind of studio, and oh. because there's like Mario, Peach, Luigi, Donkey Kong, Cranky yeah. Kong, Kamek, Toad. Nothing about it so far suggests that either. Like the just the synopsis here that they got on IMDb says a plumber named Mario travels through an underground labyrinth with his brother Luigi trying to save a captured princess. So there's nothing that suggests he's gonna pop out in a sewer grate and be in New York or something. <laughs> You're like, Luigi, we are in New York. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So. Yeah, I don't think that's actually a concern. It's just, like I said, I, it's a weird thing. I don't think we've talked about it on the show at all yet, but like the same thing kind of applies to that um, the HBO adaptation of The Last of Us, which is like, it's, and now I should say, I've never actually played The Last of Us. I've just watched like playthroughs and stuff. But if anything, that should tell you like The Last of Us is so such a narrative-driven game that like that, I mean feel like you get like about 90% of the experience by watching it and stuff. And so like, it's one of those things where why are they adapting this to a movie or a TV show rather? Cause it's like, are they just going to do the story? Because at some point it's going to just be very similar, right? Like, right. Yeah. Or are they going to change it for the better, for the worse? Like, cause that's usually how it goes. Unfortunately, like that, that, and again, I say this all the time. It's like, I want them to be different. And I want it to be close enough because unfortunately it seems like oftentimes when, things deviate from source material they do it for the worse it's almost never for the better so it's like man why don't you just stick with the exact source material but then again it comes around to like why even make a thing yeah why even bother for you i guess i really am just a curmudgeon but like yeah if you're gonna adapt such a narrative heavy in again in their defense mario is not that like mario is not a narrative game really at all i mean i guess maybe mario fans are gonna barrage me with all the mario lore but you know that's not what they're about right like they're just platformers and so like that's ripe for an adaptation i would say that couldn't be good so hopefully it's good or not because screw nintendo i guess fuck them we don't like them sure sure i'm gonna play their games but whatever man i won't i haven't i'm not gonna start fair enough no i'm just kidding i did buy i will golf i have that and i have you do. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Those may be the only Nintendo I do games have I might switch. Oh, it was really annoying about the Direct 2. Uh, now we're a little bit rambling, but they were like, now we're going to talk about Smash, the last character. And everyone's like, yeah. And they're like, tune in on October 5th. No. And everyone's like, oh. And the thing about it is that's the same day that the Nintendo All-Stars game comes out. So I think they're like, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll just show the better version of that game, and we'll be like, here's the last DLC character, and take all the like attention, good or bad. It'll cause a storm. I mean, no one's gonna like the character because you know, it's Smash fans, and they're the worst people on the planet. Yeah. But did you mean Nickelodeon All Stars? What did I say? You just said Nintendo All Stars. That's just Smash All Stars. 
Oh, well, I didn't manipulate anything. Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add that audio to sound like me and make it sound like I didn't say anything wrong. Fair enough. Do you have any predictions? Do you want us to throw out any uh, wild speculation on who the final character is so that we can add it to our list of things that we got right? I'm my main prediction when I when they first announced the second character pack was I thought there was going to be like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon and the last two spots because they added another character instead of being five there was six uh, is that there was going to be a Scorpion and Sub Zero from the Mortal Kombat series because they've got kind of every other fighting game they've got Street Fighter and, and uh, like King of Fighters and another one I think. And, and and Tekken, yeah, they got all those other ones. I was like, oh, they'll do that. This is before Tekken, so I didn't think about Tekken. But, I was, but they didn't. So at this point, I just hope it's Crash Bandicoot, and it's not a. Um, it's not Waluigi. I, no, he's not. That's what I'm saying. Like, really? And he's like, he had an, he That's had really another game. His all his games are on the Switch. Yeah, like he's like a mascot. Like he's pretty popular. Like I really like Crash Bandicoot. Like I like those those games are very fun. I have a lot of nostalgia. I I am a little nostalgia blinded by them. I won't lie. Is he really not in the game? Yes, he's not in the game. What, he what do you in want the me to of like one of the things or something? Am I crazy? I don't think he's in the game. He might be like. I thought he was in like one of the characters. Uh, no. Am I crazy? No, you yeah, you're crazy. That doesn't. He's. Uh, uh, I'm not of Crash Bandicoot. But I just hope it's not Waluigi, and I hope it's not. Oh, um, sorry. I was thinking of Banjo Kazooie. My bad. I got those. Banjo, I love Ben. Banjo was a great character in the game. He's he's a pretty he's fun. My bad. Uh sorry if I offended anyone. Yeah, but I hope it's not a yeah, as long as it's not a Fire Emblem character or a Waluigi character. Or Waluigi, I should say. Because I don't want either of those. I don't want Waluigi. I don't it's uh, I hate people who say that he should be in the game. He shouldn't. I just it's go. so dumb. He should like what would he do? What would he do? So if he's know. in there, I'll just we'll add him to the list of things we got right. And if none of those characters you named are it, then we'll just drop it. We'll never talk. We'll never talk about it again. We're only gonna. I'll keep cut it out of the episode. Right. I'll, I'll change the audio. That's right. I'll only keep trying things we got right, so we can pretend like we got everything right forever. Okay. Let those stats. We all wrapped up here. You think? Uh, yeah. If you don't have anything else, I think we should probably head. Thank you so much for listening. We're in the episode right about here. As always, you can email us at akatechjazz, akatechjaz at gmail.com. Also, you can follow us at Twitter at akatechjazz. On the Twitter, it has links to uh, our Podbean. And from there, you can listen to us on Podbean or on Spotify, uh, Amazon slash Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and on YouTube, if you so prefer. Our logo, as always, was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can follow him, as always, at inkocean.jpg on Instagram. And buy from his Red Bubble store, his various art on t-shirts and other products. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night to the people. Good night and Godspeed. <laughs>